Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. Styling. It is Thursday, you know what that means. It's a three-man booth. We're all recovered from our WrestleMania excursions. It's your boy, Big Tasty, here with James Luft. Hello, Jay. Hello, mate. And Aaron the Statman Suckliffe. Hello, Aaron. Hello. Um, I now get paid by WWE also, so I have to say that NXT is as good as AEW every week. <laughs> if not better. In fact, <laughs> the reason they moved to Tuesday was so that they could show how much better they were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, on a serious note, I think I enjoyed like writing notes and doing the reviews for both shows a lot more when they were on separate days than I did when I was like doing it with within the same twelve hours and just be like, oh. now that Thursday isn't like wrestle getting, it's like it's actually like a bit. Yeah, of- well, <laughs> that's, that's it. I mean, I've just got NXT UK to watch later on, and then might I might treat myself to a little bit of cheeky impact. I won't. <laughs> Sorry, oh, impact. We'll, um, we'll watch Sorry, impact. Ken- we'll, we'll, we'll watch when Kenny Omega's there, but you know, hey, that's only a couple of weeks away. Yeah, no revolution. It's a week on Saturday because Once- I brought it up to Troy about maybe doing a watch along, and he was like. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> once, uh, once Kenny's the champion, maybe then we'll uh, we'll start tuning in. Yeah. Anyway, also, placeholder date for Double or Nothing. This is AW centric, by the way. Is only forty four days away. Damn. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that too. That's happening. It's creeping up. It'll be here before we know it. it time is a uh, time's a constant. Like we're, 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 we're all we're all sliding towards the grave. Don't uh, don't you worry about it. Some faster than others. <laughs> Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so, so we'll start off today with uh, well, this week's episode, in fact, with um, a little young books. So this was like before the it was like a little special, like called overnight before the before the titles. We had like we, the camera came up, made the books looking um, a little serious, a little different. There was something about them; they were holding themselves, you know, a little more confidently, maybe. And they were just talking about like uh, why you know people they said why people asking them why they did it, what happened. Um, it was basically they, they sort of gave a bit of context to, to the heel turn last week, and it was it's this week's solidified anything. It's that this was a full on heel turn. Like this, it looked yeah. a bit it looked a bit conflicted last week at the end in the ring, but obviously they've had a week to think about it and decided now nah, we're in whatever. Um, they actually said that Moxie made them realise they had to change. Um, they had to become they had to go back to being you know the the sort of the all killer books they were back in New Japan. But, they, but then they said obviously the tassels are gone. Um, they were showed like the tassels getting cut up and thrown away, uh, and they, they basically said um, they're not really they're not so much going back to what they were in Japan, but they've, they've moved forward into like a new iteration of the books. Like, um, like again, though they're, they're all they're more serious, they're all business, they're focused, they're, they're dangerous, you know. And yeah, I uh, I enjoyed this. I thought it was really some promo. Yeah, to start off the show, was mm. buying of a promo definitely. Nick Jackson sounded like he'd uh, gone to get a paracetamol and actually got a fucking Xanax by mistake. <laughs> to be fair, talking very slow. <laughs> why? Why? Why is this week we full of Xanax talking up and downs on our reviews? What's going on? I think, I think everyone's just knackered after Mania. We can. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to 
tomorrow where I can just fucking have a lion and not <laughs> have to think about doing a fucking thing. <laughs> All right, so um, so then the show the show starts. We get the, we get the titles. I noticed one thing. I noticed is they've popped in um, Darby's elbow drop in the cinematic match into the intro, like a little title roll, which I, I quite like. It was a really really cool spot. I'm glad they, they keep bringing that back. We get to see it every week. Um, so Jesus Christ! Oh, before before as, a, as an Amos Bush, before we get straight into to hot action, we get a, a very quick promo between MJF and Mike Tyson. So Mike Tyson is just sort of like chilling, killing, you know, hanging out. And MJF comes up to him, and um, he's basically trying to get him on side, saying, you know, in this match with between um, Dax and Jericho, can you just like maybe you know throw us a little, throw us a little something, something. He gives him a blank check, like literally with his name on it, and like any, he can write whatever he wants on it. Um, um, Mike Tyson just rips it up, eats a bit of it, and then spits it back at him, Jeff. So he, uh, yeah, yeah, you ain't got, you got the time for that shit. Spitting him back at it. Yeah, I mean, he had a good chew on it first. I mean, like it was like it was a Van der Holyfield, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call it now. MJF's definitely getting knocked out by Tyson at double or nothing, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was alright um, as well. Or yeah, M- MGF goes, don't want you to regret anything uh, you do tonight. Looking at your face looks like you already have as he proceeds to look at the tattoo. <laughs> I'm all for just little quick things like that. Yeah, he, yeah, obviously MGF's really good at like, because he does it a lot with Jericho and he did it with Cody's tattoo and he does it a lot with like Jericho's hairline and weight. He's really good at just throwing these like little snide barbs, isn't he? You know, like it's like, yeah. the compliment, it's like the compliment sandwich you'll be like you know I really want you on our side I don't need to regret it like you did you know your, t- your face tattoo and also I really respect you as a person and it's just like you just slips it in there like a little little insult in, in the sandwich yeah uh, which is really cool speaking of things that are really cool um, let's go to the opening match shall we um, Jesus um, spoiler if you haven't seen this match um, stop this podcast right now you have my permission stop the podcast go and watch it and then come Do you- back this match was so dense that I got two pages worth of notes out of one match. I'm Jesus really, I'm really scared. <laughs> That's insane. That's coming from me. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I didn't even try to like write down spots on oh. this match or moves or anything like that. I just, I just sort of got swept along with, with the, the sort of... spoiler. This match was really, really good. Um, yeah, I imagine Melts is probably going to give it more than five stars. So we have, in case you're wondering what the match is, in fact, we haven't really mentioned it because we're bad. Uh, it's Death Triangle, represented in this instance by Phoenix and Pac versus the Young Bucks for the tag team title. So this is the tag team title shot that they won at the last pay per view in the Battle Royal. Yeah, here it is. That it's being cashed in. Um, one thing I'll just I'll just point it out quickly before we start. One thing that I think they did quite well here was they they cut a couple of times to or like literally every name of every tag team in AW was watching this match in the stands. Yeah, yeah, which I really liked. It, it, it is so the match felt enormous. So you had like all the tag teams in the stands outside watching. So you're thinking like, oh, this has got implications for the division. Uh, the books entrance. So they come out um, and they're in all white gear. And they've got like I think is it Nick has got is it Nick on math have got um Dior like Jordans on both of them yeah like, um, they're all, like they're they're white with like silver like highlights and, yeah like, it's like Dior great trousers yeah yeah um they both have um like bandanas with like dangly like fast like little dangly sparkly bits hanging off them sequins sequins it's it's the, the books have gone like they've, they've literally like done a cartoon version of selling out which is brilliant um <laughs> 
they come in the ring. There's no books. Books. The book books don't pop. They come in the ring and they they do the pose. They don't pose on the ramp. They pose in the ring. And they come out with Don Callis as well. They pose in the ring and as they pose in the ring, streamers fly. So it's like a it's like a ring of honor main event. You know, it like fucking pops everywhere. It it felt like an enormous match. Um, and it and it was. You know, it was it was it was fantastic. They could have put this. They could have held this off to the next pay per view. I thought. Yeah. I mean, this this we we talk about them putting on pay per view quality matches. This was legitimately a pay per view match, just on Dynamite. It was twenty plus minutes. I think it was twenty three minutes. It went, um, and yeah, it was. Just, are we gonna? Well, do anyone want to dive into anything specific about this? Anyone got any any things you want to bring up? I mean, it started very kind of like not laboured, but very sort of just uh, what, just like what? a normal wrestling match, like yeah. and Matt uh, Jackson doing a lot of like sort of technical wrestling and chain wrestling. Um, and then Phoenix and Nick Jackson tagged in and they did all like the little sort of speedy dodging spots. Speaking of speaking of Phoenix and Nick, I really like so to, to my to my like sort of half hours counting, three different times they did the pairing up of Phoenix and Nick in the ring. Yeah. And every mm-hmm. time they did, the match sort of clicked into another gear. It wasn't especially I think it was the second or third time they, they came together. It, they both hot tagged basically. Yeah, yeah, um, and it was phenomenal. Like the, the ninety seconds that followed that was some of the best wrestling I've ever seen. It was um, insane, wasn't it? Just I love, I love how the bucks were slowing down the match. Uh, the, the, saying the word "slowing down" is not really helping it, but they kept a pace that was to their liking, yeah. as opposed to Phoenix flying a bit like a twat. <laughs> there was a nice moment early on as well. So um, Matt sort of backs blindly into a corner for a tag, and it's the other corner. So if you, then if yeah. you notice, for a lot of the box matches, they tend to be facing the hard camera. That tends to be their corner. But obviously, because they've, they've again, because they, they, you know, I think it was Excalibur spun it, so that they turn their back on on people. They've literally turned their position in the ring, so they now they now face their backs to the hard camera when they're in their corner. Um, and so Matt was almost expecting Nick to be there, and he backs in, he holds his hand up, and like nothing happens. And Phoenix is just looking at him like, "What are you doing, mate?" There was a couple of bits. There was a couple of bits in the match where you could like, you could, all, and even like something that happened later on in the show, which we'll get to in a bit, where you could you could say that like Matt was still looking a bit conflicted over everything, whereas Nick had kind of just fully embraced being a piece of shit. Yeah, well, especially especially later on in the match, but we'll, we'll get to that one in, in due course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th- there was another really cool spot as well, um, where like, well, I say spot, it was more like it was Pat getting a hot tag, wasn't it, where he just kicked the shit out of Matt Jackson. I love, um, I love like the, the the dynamic between. So obviously, normally we'd expect the Lucha Brothers to be the to be the tag team that competes, but obviously because Penta's doing a little, he's still doing a bit of a singles thing. We get we get Pack and Phoenix, and the, the dynamic they have between them. Obviously, Phoenix is, for my money, probably the best wrestler alive on this planet right now. Yeah. In terms of ability and what he can do. I've got a couple of spots for you that mainly consist of Phoenix being involved every time. But <laughs> go on, then. hit me, man. Uh, a Phoenix hot tag which goes into a super kick on the ropes into a, a runner slash arm drag, then a double cutter. Oh that yeah, was, that was, that was that's, that's when he that's when he sort of hangs um neck on the ropes, twists Matt's arm, goes old school, and then like jumps and like turns somehow turns in mid air <laughs> ninety degrees and hits a hurricane runner on Nick. Um, the wheelbarrow that goes into a stomp and then a super kick and then Pat whizzes him round on a blue thunderbomb. 
that was very nearly a three count as well. That was, uh, mm-hmm. that was yeah. so you, put, you say blue thunder bomb. I wrote blue murder bomb because, <laughs> <Not> well, <laughs> because Nick landed almost on top of his head. Um, at that point, JR states, Pac has a suplex friendly body. <laughs> got that low center gravity, mate. Yeah. He's, just, he's just an upside down triangle. <laughs> <laughs> No, I really, I really like, like, um, like I said, the, the, the dynamic of this team. So between Phoenix, but obviously Phoenix does all this mad, like high octane, flippy shit, and then Pac mm-hmm. comes in and just literally beats the piss out of you. Yeah, like it's it's yeah, a really it's a really good balance of like of, of styles that they have in the team. Like, and that's not to take anything away from Pac. He's fast as fuck, but in a completely yeah. different way. <laughs> yeah, the thing the thing with Pac though is like with his speed, you kind of forget it's there because he works such a like slow-paced technical style until he needs to use it i get it's all it's almost like when when you look at like so this is going to be a weird comparison but with volta when like he, he he's got the chops you know he's got the chops but he only uses the chops when he absolutely needs to use the chops and that's yeah. what pat like he's got the speed you know it's there you know he can do some fucking obscenely like ridiculous things but he only uses them when he needs to because he's a brilliant technical wrestler as well. Uh, speaking of unnecessary flips and stuff, uh, the monkey flip caught by Phoenix on Nick, but then Nick just reverses it into a Canadian destroyer off the ropes. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's shit like that as well. It's mental. They did that so fluidly as well. Yeah. It's just. Absolutely shocking the stuff that they can do together. Because the way the way they did it was they made it look like, um, they, they made it look like Phoenix was just going to dump Nick over the top rope. Yeah, just and push Nick, him over. Like, kind of in one move, like bounced over him and uh, Canadian destroyed him. It's fucking insane. Yeah, right. So we'll, 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 we'll sort of push ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll head towards the finish of the match because we, I mean, we it, it was twenty odd minutes. We could, we could literally talk about it for an hour, which we'll, we'll try not to do. Uh, but it was, it was, it was. I mean, it was phenomenal. It was. It had everything. They went on yeah. the outside. You know, there was, um, there was that like sort of springboard cutter that Nick hit that Phoenix hit on Nick, which like legitimately killed him. <laughs> you know, it was it was insane. Uh, that the so, one over the barricade. Yeah, when he just came out of fucking nowhere. Oh, yeah. then there was the double poison Rana spot where like Pack bounced. Like on his head, and he fucking bounced back up off the ground. Like yeah. I don't know how that didn't murder him. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and straight after that as well, when Nick threw Phoenix over the barricade, and Phoenix like somehow managed to flip over the barricade, twist in midair, land on his feet, and then in one move go for a springboard and get super kicked. It was like, and I took that personally, wasn't it? Like the gif. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, obviously Phoenix does his like fucking six hundred mile an hour suicide dive where he gets about three rows deep into the crowd. Um, <laughs> yeah, was it this match? I think it was this match where you had the um, the Tope Conhero as well to the outside, which looked nasty. I can't remember who did it, but I remember it happening and being like, "Oh shit, the bed." That was a uh, that was serious. I think it was. Pat, Didn't was it Phoenix Pat? do it after? Um, it, it, was, the I mean, it, was, it was probably Phoenix. To be fair, yeah. And he just like fucking brained her. I think it was I can't remember who he hit, but he just brained them on the outside. It was uh, it was nice. I think I think he did it on the cutter to um well after the cutter, sorry, to Matt for them to then take like control. Yeah, so so the finish, um it was I, I really liked the finish. I thought it it, it did an awful if it was a good way to win the match and it, it sort of left it sort of hanging as well. Um so go back, rewind a little bit. So I think did Pack hit a 
suplex or a brain buster. He hit, he hit a big power move anyway on um, on Matt. And then Phoenix went for a big, a huge frog splash. Yeah. Which got a two count. They then tagged him pack. Pack hit the black arrow, which, you know, it's the finish. It's, it's you know, has anyone yeah. kicked out of the black arrow in AEW? No. Nope. Um, and then Phoenix gets up to sort of like block the interference from Nick, who's coming in to, to break up the pin. And like just the last second, Nick just managed to overpower him and shoves them both into the pin. And they, they all just got like crashed together and fall off. And then, um, is Nick then somehow Nick's illegal? Or was it Nick the one took the move? I can't remember. Anyway, Nick's illegal. And I think um, Matt and Pack. Yeah, Nick, Nick drives on himself. Yes, that's the right. Oh, the, just just before we get into the before we, we do finally, I just one last thing I want to shout out was the the wonderful um, Matt tagging in on Pack like the hot tag, the Super Dragon style hot yeah. tag, and just being an absolute shit house about it, which was which was great. Do, doing like the fucking ultimate warrior spot of shaking the ropes and <laughs> yeah. body slam. Yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, so yeah, so yeah. Um, Nick drags Matt over to the ropes, tags himself in, and then him and Phoenix are in the ring, and he just literally just fucking yeets Phoenix's mask off and like throws it out of the ring. Yeah, well, before that. Yeah, before that, Pat goes for like that. Um, that sort of rebound German off the ropes, and Nick like clings on as Rick Knotts is trying to like break it up. Nick low blows Pat, yeah. and then. Phoenix just tags himself in. That's right. Yeah, so that's right. So Pack and Matt are both dead, basically. And yeah, yeah. Phoenix and Nick. Nick just fucking tears Phoenix's mat like fully off. Like not even like rips it. He like pulls the fucking whole thing off. You can see Phoenix's yeah. baldy head. Um, yeah. And he just goes <laughs> to the mat. So and, and obviously this is a huge deal because A, in like as they say on commentary in Mexico, that'd be an instant disqualification. B, yeah. it's one of the most heinous things you can do to a mass wrestler in Mexican culture. And three, Phoenix is fully Anonymous. He is a he is a he is a legitimate luchador. Like he doesn't his identity is not public. Like no one knows who he is. Mm. Yeah. He's, if you go on his Wikipedia page, it doesn't have he doesn't have a real name on there. Like you go on his like any of his online profiles, there's nothing about his real name on there. Him and Pedro. And him and Penta, yeah, they're both they're yeah. both like proper old school luchadors. Like they don't have their their identity as public. So a props to Phoenix for going for the spot because <laughs> that could have gone wrong. Um, I'm, I'm guessing if there were fans close to the ring, they probably wouldn't have done it. But the fact that it was yeah. AEW personnel around the ring, no one could snap a cheap pitch or not like that. So that was good. And yeah, Phoenix goes down holding his face, obviously covering his identity. And then as he as he sort of stands back up, he's still got his hands over his face. He walks like straight into a double super kick. He he doesn't even like he obviously <laughs> he, he can't defend himself. He can't throw his hands up. He's, he's literally blind. He, get, he get, takes it full in the face. And that's good for the win. One, two, three. Um, Young Bucks retain. And <laughs> Nick, Nick, um, Nick Jackson, who's been great in this match the entire time. Um, so there was, there was an instance earlier where like he did the, the X Factor, the slingshot X Factor on Phoenix and like fucking yeah. spun him over with the, with the flip. And he, he, point, he looked into the camera and was like, did you see that? I slammed him on his head. Did you see it? After the match, um, it zooms back in on Nick, and he's like, "Did you see it? I ripped it right off." <laughs> it's just like, it's yeah. just like, "Fuck you, Nick! You piece of shit!" <laughs> it was great. It was great. It was the best character work I think Nick Jackson's done in AEW. Yeah, the thing, the, the young bucks though. Like I saw, I saw a point someone made on Twitter is they are very unlikable. Yeah, like they, like you look at you look at the heel characters and the face characters. When the heel and face, they both talk about how much money they make. They both complain about, oh well, we do all this stuff, blah blah blah, and not not getting recognised for it. And they both brag about how good they are. I mean, the the jocks, they, they are jocks, aren't they? Like mm. 
they're the popular kids. They're the, they're the popular kids at school that you hated, and then it turns out later in life they're just really rich, and you're like, oh fuck, why couldn't they just failed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just as tag team Cody, basically. <laughs> but yeah, they're, yes. I mean, they're, they're naturally great heels, like you say. They're they're cocky, yeah. they're sort of like you know, sort of overinflated egos. Like you say, they're all about money, and like I mean, their entrance is like normally literally them walking out and fake money with their faces on, fucking scatters all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I can't. Um, the ones give it back. But yeah, um, yeah. Fant- fantastic, fantastic, fantastic match. Um, probably the best televised match I've seen on a weekly show this year. Uh, like, really yeah. better than Kenny and Phoenix. I mean, I, I for me, tag team, tag team matches just have that little extra kick to them. Yeah. You know, that little extra spice. There's always, there's always something going on in tag team matches, mm. especially think- in AEW. I think this is going to be like the equivalent of like Kenny and Hangman versus the Bucks for this year. Mm. When when we look back, it'll, at like it'll be matches. it'll be up there at the end of the year. This one, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it was very very good. Uh, right, so whew, I have to have a, a little bit of a cold shower after that one. Uh, we'll move on to uh, another little promo. Um, so this was uh, Tyson again. Obviously, they're getting the money's worth out of out of Big Mike. Uh, Tyson Jericho having a promo this time. So he's met the leader of the Pinnacle. Now he's here with the leader of the Inner Circle. And Jericho again. This is more of like a, a sort of a continuation of last week's promo. Where, so Jericho sort of explained. I mean, last week's promo was very much, we're face now. Can we please be face? Can you cheer us, please? Um, yeah. This, this was like a continuation of that. So Jericho was saying, like, obviously when they realized that they were shithouses, they sort of went back and sort of tried to right the wrongs and, like, you know, apologize to the people that they'd hurt. And Jericho said the first thing he did was call Mike Tyson and be like, yo, sorry, I was a dickhead to you last time you were in AW, basically. And um, he basically, he basically said, I'm really sorry. Um, can you come and beat some people up for me? Because that'd be great. Yeah. He also mentions um, Tyson knocking him out on a Monday night 10 years ago. Yeah. Four. <laughs> yeah, Chris, I mean, that, this, this, the, well, this the great thing about having Jericho on the program is that he's got this history, hasn't he? He's got 30 years of history and he can just, mm. and he's a master at dipping into it. Like, I, I, we, we've all probably listened to his, his Stone Cold podcast in the last couple of weeks, or a couple of days, sorry. And, like, you know, love him or hate him, but the, 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 the level of wrestling knowledge that man has from, from his time in the business. And he was always a clever guy, even when he was he was starting out in, in WCW and, and whatnot. Um, but he's only gotten better as a mind for wrestling in the last 30 years. Yeah, he's a, he's a guy who's infamous for, like, reinventing himself and reinventing the wheel every time he kind of does a, a different gimmick and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, he's, he's a, it's great that he can kind of... He's not afraid to sort of bring up his history as well, yeah, because he doesn't repeat because well, he doesn't repeat it, and that's why he can reference it, mm. you know, which is great. Um, yeah, so that was that was a fine promo. Got us, got, and oh, Tyson, uh, Tyson had a little, a little go on the mic, and he said that today he was going to be tough but fair, basically. So he's gonna, he basically is this was Jesse Ventura, uh, SummerSlam 99, he's gonna call it right <laughs> it down was, the middle. Wasn't it? <laughs> uh, are we getting a Tyson heel turn at one point? Was he going to rip off his shirt and it's going to have a pinnacle shirt underneath? There was a couple of little um, callbacks on there with um, the Austin Sean match with uh, Jericho vs. Dax. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get, to, we'll get to that in good time. Um, mm. Before that, we have um, a, a con- the continuation, shall we say, because it definitely wasn't an ending of the the ongoing um, feud between Jade Cargill and Red Velvet. Should we have a Jade v. Red um, Velvet match? You, Before you quickly go to that, there was a little interview. With, I was going to uh, say, 
Alex Marvez with Dark Order and Hangman. Oh shit! Yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm um, shocked that you it, forgot about this. I, I didn't I write down. I, I think I was enjoying it so much I forgot to write it on my notes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, he asked Hangman, "Oh, how do you feel about Kenny and the Bucks and things?" And he just glosses over it. Goes, "Oh well, I'm glad you asked that." But Silver Shoulder will be four to six. Will be ready in four to six weeks. And then Johnny's like John Silver's just hugging his other shoulder. They go, oh, so oh, so, so yes, so silver, silver shoulders like taped up, and like so as he's as he's like delivering the um as he's delivering the update, he sort of slaps his hand down on his other shoulder, his non-injured shoulder. <laughs> Silver's like ah, and then he's like, well, I thought it was the I thought it was the other shoulder, and he's like, yeah, but now this shoulder hurts as well. Uh, and basically, Highman says it'll be fixed within four to six weeks with prayers, vitamins, and southern fried egg rolls. <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah, who, who wants some? By the way, because I'm, I'm buying." Oh, I wanted and then... some egg rolls after he said that. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I was they, getting hungry. They, um, they sort of, they sort of all walk. Or Hangman walked off, and then, yeah, um, Alex, Alex uh, Reynolds cut a little promo as well. They get, they get John to uh, do some rehab on his shoulder, and then John like, he, <laughs> he sort of, like holds, like sort of pulls his arm up, and like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <sighs> One one interesting thing to note about Hangman is obvi- obviously I mentioned before we're about a month out from double or nothing. Hangman's currently number one in the rankings. Yes, he is. So as it stands, you'd expect Hangman be Kenny at double or nothing. You'd expect it, but then Kenny keeps discrediting the rankings, doesn't he? So yeah. But I, I think know. I mean I I wouldn't be against Hangman just losing here and then having to rebound back. Like you know, this is like you know when you play a video game and like you fight the boss like two thirds, a third of the way through the game, and he just does you in, and then you have to like get better and then fight him again. I think it could, yeah. be, it could be, I reckon that's that part of the journey. There could be a hangman there because he's he's been on, he's got all the momentum, he's been on a roll. He needs something to overcome now because he's won everything for the last like couple of months. Mm, I'm see, I'm I'm of the kind of opinion that the way they've booked Hangman recently, if he loses. Like I, I feel like because he lost, he lost quite a lot last year. I feel especially after they lost like the tag team titles, he was like other than obviously winning the tournament, he was going on like a bit of a sort of like losing spell. I feel like if he, he needs to go on like an absolute tear this year. So when he, when he does face Kenny, it's like, oh shit! Like Hangman, this is what Hangman was. This is how he's, like, this is how it started. This is how he's doing sort of thing. Yeah, I think but similarly you could also like have him have him win all these matches, like beating Matt Hardy, you know, beating all these random guys on on AEW on Dynamite. But if you have like Kenny as like the one that he can't get done, like you know, like Sami mm. Zayn never could against um, well, Pac. No, like before he, before he won the title, the NXT title for the first time, it was always like he could never do the big one, could he? he like he always got yeah. to the, he always got to the big match and he could never quite get it done, and then he did, and it was like a big deal. I, I'm perfectly fine with like. Kenny being his like one like weak spot that he just can't overcome. Yeah. Yeah. Did did we not book it like ourselves between us? Like give it a year before, at least before Hangman eventually that, gets it. That's what like that's what I was thinking though as well. Like they could I mean to be fair, they could easily have somebody overtake Hangman in the rankings before they do go back to that. What Max Caster? He's ranked number two, mate. I mean, as long as Hangman stays in the top five, I think it can easily be has a story of working up or whatever as well. I mean, where's Pentagon in the rankings? 
I mean, you could you could easily insert him in. So there's there's I mean, in the women's division, which we'll get to in a bit later in a bit more detail, there's a sort of storyline of like Britt Baker using like dark and elevation to like manipulate the rankings with like easy wins. Yeah. So you could always have someone do that on the men's side as well. Would the bad Pentagon doing a lot of wrestling and Pentagon and Lance Archer actually both doing quite a lot of wrestling on dark and elevation? So there's the potential for that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I trust them, like, regardless yeah. like, of what they do with Kenny's title reign. I know Hangman will probably take the belt off him at some point. Yeah, I, I, that's what I mean. Like, my, my point of view on that was I'd rather Hangman and Kenny don't touch until Hangman takes the belt off him. I think, so then, I think with Kenny as a character, you'd almost get more value out of him holding a victory over him. Yeah. But he already does from the finals of the tournament. Yeah, but I mean, what 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 did it do one and two? You know, it's it doesn't. I don't yeah, think it matters. Too, I don't think it matters too much as long as Kenny can be a shit house about like, ah, you can't beat me, Hangman. You know, you could never beat me. He's, yeah, he's he's the final he's the final boss. You know, he's there to chew the scenery and and you know, mm. he is he's a final fantasy boss. You know, he's become he's become what he loves. He's become Sephiroth. He has literally become Sephiroth. Like I, I mentioned this after the after being the elite this um this week, he's in full Sephiroth mode. Um. I'll tell you who isn't in full Sephiroth mode. We're talking about like actual Storm from the X-Men. It's just Jade Cargill. Yeah. Um, she makes her entrance oh. to, to take on Red Velvet. Fuck me. I mean, I say this every time, but she looks like fucking money. Like she comes in mm-hmm. with, the, with, the, with the gray hair and like the fucking bling bling on the costume and the great entrance. Right, I mean, Red Velvet, in this match, Red Velvet was brilliant. Yeah, like Red, Red Velvet did a really good job. Um, but the fact that obviously... She's the more experienced of the two. So I mean, not by an not by an enormous amount, not, and, and, and to, to be put in this position by this com- mm. by the company, and to, to have to carry this, you know, what is what has been a fairly big feud for yeah. two, for two wrestlers who were just starting out. I think they yeah. I think they've both done excellently, but in particular, I think Red Velvet. I mean, Jade is going to be a star. Red Velvet, I think, is pretty much already there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I won't be won't be surprised if um, Jade was. The person to beat Sheeta for the belt if it's not Brit or uh, Chris Statlander. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, actually, to be fair, a it'd lot be those, three, those three Brit, Chris Statlander, Jade as yeah. the next three champions. Um, JR sort of puts Cargill over as she comes out and she goes, She may be the highest paid rookie EW has ever signed. It's like, well, that's fair to be honest. It puts her right over like everyone else's. Not had many matches, so yeah. Um, yeah, this, I mean, this was this was a, a decent. I mean, it was it was a short match. It was it, it wasn't quite a squash. I think it was fairly back and forth. Uh, there was a bit outside where um, Red Velvet got thrown into the crowd and landed like on Killian King, who's one of her good friends. You can sort of yeah. see where this is going now. So you got a feeling that maybe Jade's going to sort of plow through like Killian King and like some of the other like face under undercard women as like a way of like showing Red Velvet like what's coming. You know what I mean? In, interestingly as well, um, we'll get to it shortly, but they did tease maybe um, a direction for Jade as well after this match. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I thought both of them looked excellent. Yeah, I mean, they didn't get an awful lot to do. It was like I said, it was like a seven minute match. Um, Jade won with her finisher, which is now, it's it's, Jade, it's called Jaded. I, I, yeah. I, I remember this last time I did it and I couldn't. Basically, a glam slam. Yeah, it's a glam slam. It looks, yeah. it looks great. It looks good. I mean, she is like tall and strong, so it looks. I like, I like the fact that when 
when she hits them and she rolls it like the angle, she rolls it over that she's pinning and she's kind of turned around, turns around looking at the crowd, yeah, flexing her muscle. Like, no, nah, she's not kicking out of this. She's, uh, I mean, she's she's got the character work down already, which is incredibly mm. like good to see. Like, I mean, how many times have we seen like it, people who can go but they can't they can't work the crowd or they can't work the camera and like. Yeah. That's what that's what I she's mean, adapted to really quickly, which is the, the only thing really I'd say she needs to improve on, and even that you can see week by week she is, is her promos and um just like little things in the ring that you can notice, like a footwork and stuff like that. Yeah, like the I mean the promos just nerves, isn't it? And that'll just come with experience. Mm, but it's it's stuff that will come over time and you can yeah. it like it's ridiculous how good she is and she's only been doing it for like less than a year. Right, so after this, we go backstage to Britt Baker with Rebel, uh, being interviewed by her good friend Tony Schiavone. Um And this is brilliant. She's actually got the um, women's rankings up on screen, mm. and it shows Britt Baker is seven and one in the year, ranked number three, and Red Velvet is five and zero, oh, ranked number two. What's, this, the, what's the one? Five and two, is it now? No, it's five and zero. Oh. Red Velvet. Oh. Oh, it was five and two. It's a five and five two. And yeah. Right, I, I can't read. I can't read. Well, it was five, it was so five and one, but lost to Jade. Made it five. Yeah, six, yeah. So, she, but then she talked about how like this, the, the direct result of the match that just happened, with around with the rankings haven't updated yet. She's saying with with this match that you've just seen, this is how it's changed on the board, and now I should be here, which I think is a great way of like, who'd have thought? Who'd have thought Britt Baker would a give us one of the best unsanctioned matches we'll ever see. B, bring relevance back to the ranking system and C, manage to do a, an incredible job of promoting dark and elevation all at the same time. She, she's just <laughs> excellent, isn't she? She's like the, for me, Brit's like the star they've made of like, of their women's division at the moment. Go, go back to like the first like six months of AW and tell and tell any fan that, you know what, in like 18 months time, you're going to absolutely love Hangman and Britt Baker. As basically what what that other company did with Roman Reigns, basically, just everyone was sick of him that being a other face. company. Behave yourself. <laughs> We're not on AW programming. Turn down heel. It's just, it's just. I mean, sometimes it, there is like a, you've got to find you like you you can't like if if pro wrestling over the last like twenty years has taught us anything, that you can't push someone past where the crowd wants to be. Like that's the hard block. That's the hard pass. You can't you can't make someone. They have to make themselves, and like. It's just been. It was just a matter of time until like Hangman clicked into place, Britt Baker's clicked into place. Obviously, Roman Reigns on over on WWE has clicked into place. And yeah, it's great. It's great to see Britt, like you said, especially. I mean, it's. I think it's credit to her because she's improved every every aspect of her of her in ring out and out. You know, her promos, her in ring work, everything's gotten better, and she just feels she's created a fleshed out, like fully realized character, and it really shows. Yeah, um, one one thing that is interesting is a uh, oh sorry, Brit was seven and two, not seven and one. I because I, yeah, I checked I checked yeah. the cage match then just to see what matches she'd actually lost because like I can't remember. So it was it was the semis of the women's tournament against Nyla, and um, the other one which the the um, kind of swept under the rug was uh, the six woman tag match they had on. Um, Dynamite a couple of weeks ago. Oh, is that the one yeah. with, Mac, with Mac either? With Mac, yeah. yeah. Mac, the, Mac. the results are just singles results, though, aren't they? It's, no. just, sing, it's just, is it not? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure she was seven to one on the board. It's just a singles record. I'm on the sure. actual, on the actual graphic they showed. 
No, because it was yeah. it was seven and two because she said, "Well, you see, I'm seven and two. Red Velvet's now five and two, so I've got two more wins than Red Velvet." <sighs> not 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 that it matters too much because yeah, it's still it's still a good it's still a good point. <laughs> um, I did love as well the fact there was a couple of things that Britt did where she. I like, know. I'm looking at them right now. Um, on aw.com, uh, Britt Baker as of the 14th of April was seven and one. Red Velvet was five and zero. Oh. So they're not including tag matches. Well, no, no, it's, it's singles only because they have a separate yeah. one for like they have a singles record and they have a separate one, don't they, for like all matches? Yeah, fair enough. Um, it says here, yeah, it says here, twenty twenty one singles record. It says overall, Brit is twenty four and fourteen. Uh, so yeah, so I, I, I think our argument is now that um, Red Velvet's got the five and one as a result of the loss. Brit is seven and one, so she should now leave Frogger in the rankings and be second. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I love the fact whenever Britt was like bringing up people, like she she mentioned Thunder Rosa being below her, and her rebel was just ugly laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Tony made Tony said something right at the end. I can't remember what it was, and you could see Britt just like trying hard as not to laugh. <laughs> um, Tony throws back to Tony in the studio. <laughs> 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 um, so, so back in, back in the um, back at Daily's place, we have Anthony Gogo versus Cole Carter. This is the in-ring debut of the Governor, who, the 2012 London Olympic medalist Anthony Gogo, who is from the east of England. The east of England, so anywhere from fucking Newcastle to <laughs> Norwich, basically. Um, is isn't he from like East London? I imagine. I think that's what they meant to say. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's what they went for. Yeah, because <laughs> they, they had Big Ben like in his music as well, didn't he? The, East. Did you, East. East. Did you not know that all of England is just London? <laughs> yeah, all of England is just London. Right? So the East of England just means East London. Obviously, everyone knows that. Uh, yeah, because like technically, Pac's from the East of England as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Pack had that, he'd fucking I mean, kick it couldn't off. be more different Newcastle and London, could they? <laughs> no. no. Pack walking around Gannon Radge on people. <laughs> yeah, so so behind Nyagogo versus, I'd say, fellow rookie. They range have like seven months' experience. Cole Carter. Cole I've Carter. Um, someone I've has, never heard of. Well, he's, he's, I believe he's had two matches in AW and he's had a fucking dreadful week because he got squashed by Lance Archer on Dark the night before. And then him. Um, Anthony Gogo just wiped the floor with him tonight. Yeah. yeah so, so spoiler. This is a, this is a really short match. It literally lasted about a minute. Um, they, they like Gogo of... looked like presentation wise, that looked fucking awesome. Yeah, like Cutie Marshall looked like um fucking one of the old guys from The Sopranos coming out with like his weird uh, bowling shirt. <laughs> As I said to you, he looked like a really shit like Las Vegas Charlie Sheen impersonator <laughs> that they have like working on like a, a craps table or something. Not like not like one of the main strip casinos like when he was like Fremont Street and it's a bit seedy. No, and it's like no, know, like, like where, where they have like the impersonators like a, a Paris or Bally's or whatever it is. Where you anyway. get where you get like the one dollar margaritas, it's one of them casinos. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so the whole of the the whole of the factory come out like Nick Camarotha looks fucking oh he looks like a beast. Um, mm. They're all out there. Yeah, Gogo's got this like he's got his like big jacket. His jacket's got like the Olympic logo on. Hopefully they will get sued over that. I know they're, they're pretty protective of that. Um, As, aren't the um, aren't they relatively okay if they're like the person's an Olympian? Possibly, maybe the fact that he's on like a legitimate medal-winning Olympian, might, yeah, yeah, might, might excuse him. Because didn't Kurt Angle have the same thing where he they were all right with it? Yeah, and then they got shitty about him calling it the Olympic Slam, so we had to change. Mm. It. But they they got so. shitty about it more because it was like the Attitude Era, and it was like, 
yeah. Here's the Olympics and here's nudity. And it's like, oh, yeah, probably we don't really want that. Yeah. Here's an Olympic gold medalist tapping out an old lady. Here's the Olympics and here's like May Young giving birth to a hand. Yeah. Fucking Sam Coe was looking at that going like, fuck now. The hand is going to be winning a gold medal in shop, but I'll have you know. At Tokyo next year. Next year. Because he can use his whole body. <laughs> right, so um, so yeah, this match is real short. Like, Agogo just backs him into the corner. Paul, what's his face, separates him. Paul and then, Carter. Paul, Paul, yeah, and then he just literally goes, "Fuck off!" One bombs him in the, in the, not even in the face, just like in the, in the ribs. And he goes, like a liver punch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like it was like just a, like, it was like the punch that killed Harry Houdini. He just like fucking mm. did him in the, in like the chest, like like chest gut area, and he just drops to the floor. The ref checks on him for like two seconds and you can just look on his face tells the story he doesn't want anything to do with this and the ref stops the match immediately because he's fucked yeah the, the ref doesn't even like go down on one knee or anything to check on him he just stands mm. there looks down at him and goes aye right that's it <laughs> yeah no he's, he's, had, he's had enough <laughs> the thing is though like if you've like legit like written Cody off TV with him taking one of them on that house like house always wins yeah. like the show yeah. before after uh, Cody had like a street fight with uh, Aaron Solo, and uh, after the match, Aaron uh, Anthony and Gogo came out and just fucking liver punched him. And Cody's now legit like been written off TV for a bit because of it. <laughs> Until he comes back with black hair in a couple of weeks, looking like that fella from Lazy Town again. And an actual um, baby. An actual baby. Oh shit, yeah. Randy's too soon, isn't she? Um, so yeah, so again. Proper squash match, he just made a go go look like a monster, which I think it did. I know people are moaning about, like, oh, he won with a punch, mate. He's a boxer, that's his whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> if you watch a boxer match, sometimes people just get punched once and they nearly die. It's a thing, <laughs> yeah. And also, you, you can, like, in MMA and boxing as well, like, there's people who've been KO'd by a liver shot. Yeah, you let Anthony like, go go punch you, and we'll see how you go down. As you said, Harry Houdini died from getting one, yeah, so like. It's. It, I think I thought it was really cool. It adds up the kind of legitimacy that he's a boxer, and like people, I saw like the argument. Oh well, people can take like Canadian destroyers and like DDTs and all that and kick out like they're there. It's like, yeah, you can, but he's a legitimate yeah, boxer. But, I mean, he, watch watch some sports science stuff and like watch about how strong, how, how hard boxers can punch. Yeah, he, he's it's, literally it's, it's, been it's terrifying. It's terrifying. He's literally been training to punch since he was like a child yeah because he was obviously like an Olympian I, boxer I, I really like I really like, how they present, I really like how they present him like the threat is like this can come out of nowhere like this is literally there's no setup there's no taunt it's just straight out like like, like you know like a like a light like lightning just one one second bang and like that's it it's game over yeah that makes him yeah. that makes him seem really dangerous in, in my in my eyes and I'm, I'm really into it I'm already excited to see a go-go versus Jake Hager just to see how they do that Please just because have JK getting KO'd incessantly by Gogo. Well, I'm, I'm more, more, be- more because obviously JK is like an like an MMA fighter as well, isn't he? Yeah. So it would be cool to see if they kind of do that a bit more, like add an, an air of legitimacy. Uh, speaking of speaking of like dangerous men, um, next up we have a little promo with Miro, a little backstage promo. I love how like no one ever seems to be interviewing Miro. Somebody thought because shit scared of him. It's just him shouting at a camera. He's been booked as like a legitimate nutter, hasn't he? At this point, yeah. At this point, he's just a terrifying man, um, and I wouldn't yeah. want to go anywhere near him. So he's literally just literally screaming into a camera, saying that since uh, Arcade Anarchy, Kip hasn't been seen. He just did a runner, um, and he basically said, "Kip, with or without you, 
I don't care. If you can come back and uh, it's fine, you can come back, I'll forgive you, but I don't care if you don't because I'm just going to go and murder a champion and become a champion. And so, much, yeah. anyone who is a champion and they show like little flash I, cuts of like AW champions anyone who is who has got gold around the waist go and do what Kip did go and run and hide I, I think when Kip does return um, whether it's on Dark or that hopefully it's on Dynamite to be fair just for the actual exposure of it for them both I think Miro's going to absolutely just murder him yeah I think I think yeah. why have you answered my call I, I think Kip if you come back it's fine it's like the lie of the century yeah, I think very little of if Kip coming back is fine. I, um, I I think Miro might have already murdered Kip, <laughs> and he's underneath Miro's garage like a brookie. He's in the basement. He's under the patio. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, and yeah, this this is great again. It builds Miro. I mean, Miro's looked great for like the last. Sort of two months now in, in his, his promos, he's looked really dangerous. He looked like a monster in the arcade anarchy match. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk online about will he be the one to take the TV title off Derby? And I think I'm kind of okay with that. I think I'd be all right with that. Yeah, take, yeah take the TNT title off Derby. Um, I'd be okay with that. I, I think the people I'd prefer it to be, but that's not an against Miro. That's just because of like sort of backstory they've already got going in. Yeah. But everyone, I mean, in terms of everyone else, is like it, a lot of people are in their own storylines now. Mirror is just a loose cannon; they can just point to any direction. You can just go off and kill someone, which is yeah. which is fine. And they need to put him towards a title match because he hasn't even had a title shot of any of any description yet, has he? So, no, no. So yeah, that that'll be interesting. Um, next up to a match that I I was a little bit apprehensive about when I when I saw that it was happening. And I don't know why, because in, in reality, I should have just, you know, looked at the uh, looked at the numbers behind the behind the, the decisions. And this, this match was great. Uh, this was Jericho accompanied by Sammy Guevara versus Dax accompanied by Cash, uh, with Mike Tyson, the special guest enforcer. And you know, sometimes when you put two guys in the ring who are really good professional wrestling minds and really good technicians, and you know, know what they're doing, they just have a really good match. It's just yeah. Jericho in the ring that makes it a bit sceptical when you think about it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I mean, but they, they covered it I very mean, well. So they, they spent a lot of time outside the ring. Um, they spent a lot I of thought, time. I thought this was the best match Jericho's had all year. Yes. So yeah. my, 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 my sort of my sort of like glib, sort of sarky comment coming into this was um, was the Grey Goose that Jericho was slamming on the Stone Cold podcast. <laughs> was, that, was that like the elixir of youth? Because he looked better here than he's looked for like six months. Fuck me, you... You've got fucking Blanton's over the table and he's just Kane and Grey Goose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, talking about Jericho's presentation, I think having that little beard, that little like sort of dirty beard, I think that makes him look about five years younger. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah. and he, he seemed, I don't know if it was just a thing, I don't know if it's just because I've revisited, because I watched the, the podcast over the weekend and I've revisited um, a lot of like old Jericho matches, but he seemed to hold himself a lot more like old Jericho, like in the way he walked and moved and like, I don't know. I don't know if it's a psychological thing because I saw it and now I'm associating it. But he seemed to be more of his old self in this match than than he has been for some time. He he reminded me a lot of like kind of when he when he had like those couple of matches in New Japan, and yeah. he seemed a bit more relaxed because he knew like he he knew like he wouldn't have to kind of like put not put the work in, but you know. I just he, think he I, was... I just think I just think at this stage of his career, he's a natural face, and I think it's difficult for him to try and heal it up at the same time. I think he, he fucking feels... he tries out, doesn't he, with the social media? <laughs> I mean, I mean, like all, all the fuzzy like, activities, like like, like, in, like in the ring when he's not when he's not super spreading. 
<laughs> where he's not throwing a little cheeky head immunity for the boys in on the Stone Cold podcast. Yeah, I think, I think when he's like when it's he's just, hard, when, when he's able league. when he's able to bask in like the the obvious adulation he's getting from the crowd because he is you know he's Chris Jericho thirty years in the business he's he's done it all everyone loves him. I think yeah. when he's able to just, thing, to just work that, I think he he's, he's, he has a much better time in the ring. The thing with Jericho is he's like a cool heel, isn't he? When he is a heel, yeah. um, like he, you look at um, when he created the list. I remember Mick Foley famously saying, "What's he got now? He's got a list. Oh, he'll get that over in three weeks." Yeah, and he did. <laughs> um, and it, it's still, it's still like that. Like he can literally get like the word "it over." I mean, he, like got, he, he, he got like bad champagne over in like thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just, he's just like, he's just kind of got the gift, gift of the gab, hasn't he? And is even though like his wrestling ability starting to slow down a bit, like he's still, he's still capable. Like he, he, when he's focusing on doing stuff like this, where he's brawling more, it kind of hides like his sort of the fact that he is slowing down and he isn't as young as he was. Yeah, because and, he can, and, have, and he can tell a compelling story. We've talked about Dax before as well. Like Dax is an incredibly capable worker, even in a singles capacity. You know, his mm. match with Jungle Boy was phenomenal. I think you know he he used he used all his powers here as well to sort of draw the best performance out of Jericho, uh, and I think it really showed. Yeah. Um, the the this match as well is kind of just more about like the fat Tyson was there, wasn't it? Yeah, so early on, um, and they, they go back and forth on Tyson a bit. So early on, Jericho goes for a chair, Tyson takes it off him, and Jericho's kind of like, what? And then Cash sort of goes to high-five him almost and like sort of like congratulate him, and Tyson gets bristles a bit, and, you know, there's, there's a little... I think they use Tyson just the right amount here. Like, he's there. Like, you know he's there. They're getting the money's worth, but he's not taken over. Like, the, the main focus is still on the guys he, in the ring. He did keep getting in the way every now and again later in the match, though. Um, like... So then a little bit later on... Um, Dax has Floyd, I think, and then Tyson takes that off him. So this sort of, mm. sort of evens out, and it's like he said, it would be fair. He'd be down the middle. He, he literally stops both Herman of his Yeah, firm and fair. I think it was, it was. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite, my favorite bit of like the outside Tyson stuff was when Jericho had the line tamer. Well, it was Jericho won the line tamer, uh, locked in, and Cash like broke it up on the outside. Yeah, and then you can see like Tyson like plodding around the ring to sort of go and have a go and then as he sort of approaches Sammy Guevara just fucking launches himself past Tyson <laughs> and annihilates Cash on the outside Yeah, you can see like um, a Sammy Guevara shape blur just fly across the screen, <laughs> it was incredible and One thing as well that I thought was really clever with the, the way you used Tyson like so out throughout the match Dax kept getting in Tyson's face and last week as well Dax like actually threw a punch at Tyson yeah, and like I was like, I, so I was thinking the whole match, Tyson's absolutely going to KO Dax here, like absolutely hundred percent he'd KO when Dax. So like the little bait and switch that he didn't, and he got cash instead. Yeah, because uh, we, we they kind of they kind of put it so much that Tyson was going to punch Dax that when he when he just land cash, it was like oh fucking hell. So we, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's go through to talking about this. So towards the finish of the match, um, Cash gets up on the well, the inner circle come down, don't they? To interfere, the pinnacle circle come down to interfere first, and the inner circle sort of pour out. And as the refs sort of like trying to control that, Cash gets up on the ring with Floyd, and he's looking to clock Jericho. Tyson, is it, was he meant to like grab his leg, but he just missed, and um, so Cash just jumps down off the apron for no reason. He's, he's, he sort of like put, he drops the bar and he sort of puts his hands I think up. It looked, it looked like he kind of saw Tyson off the corner of his eye. Like, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, 
So he drops down, he put he drops the bat, he sort of puts his hands up as in like, Whoa, don't worry, mate. I wasn't gonna do anything. And Tyson just goes, Fuck off. And I like, the, the noise that punch made. Did, um, they, did he pull that or did he just proper hit? I, I, I think I reckon Cash just probably went just fucking hit me, mate. The noise yeah. it made, it was like it was like someone throwing a stake out of a third story window. As if yeah. I day he, fin- he finished lying on the ground like head tucked into the shoulder. Yeah, he, he went down like a box would have been knocked out. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so as Cash Cash hits the deck, the pinnacle and then the circle are brawling on the outside. Jericho hits Judas effect, gets the win. And they sort of clear um the pinnacle out to the outside. They sort of do the Saturday morning cartoon villain thing, like curses will when we think again. MGF like shaking his fist. Um, Wardlow's just got the prone body of Cash over his shoulder, <laughs> which is a great touch. Like Cash is just all the way. He's he's on Dream Street. He's just all the way fucked. I loved that. That was that was incredible. Um, and yeah, and then Jericho announces that uh, Mike Tyson is a what is he an ancillary member of the Inner Circle? Yeah, yeah. And then he put he put up on Twitter today like the. Um... The sort of way they do like the dark order and the uh, all elite like things he put one up of Mike Tyson is in the inner circle. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Th- there was a there was a lot of cool um, like just to kind of go back to something within the match here. There was a lot of cool like kind of part of the story was obviously even though Jericho's face, he's still willing to win by any means necessary. Like th- there was a there was a bit where Dax kind of like. He, he went up to the doctor because he has stitches in his head from the brawl. And he was like, Doc, look at that, look at that. And then as Jericho kind of went to interrupt, Dax picked up a microphone and just lamped Jericho with it. And then within that brawl, Jericho kind of like went, oh yeah, I, I can do that too. And like picked up a pen and just stabbed Dax in the head with it. Yeah. Um, as JR said, it wasn't even a job. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> when, he, when he did the camera thing and um, Dax like just gave him the middle finger. That so was Jericho it. just booted him into Tyson. That was really cool, yeah. So, like, Jericho picks up the yeah. camera and he's, like, pointing at Dax is on the floor. Then he gives Dax the middle finger, like, in front of the camera and then Dax gives him the middle finger and then he just kicks him. <laughs> it was yeah. it was great. I think that's the best way to do Jericho as a face is just cool heel, basically. Yeah. It's the best mm. way to but, do it for him. Yeah, it, it's kind of... He's, he's got a similar sort of, like, the way Eddie would get away with, like, doing dirty moves in a... in a as face capacity. He's got the same sort of thing, hasn't he, where... But the way they sort of did it in this match was he was always the second one to cheat, if that makes sense. So, like, Dax would yeah. do something and Jericho like, well, fuck you, then I'm going to do it as well. If you're going to cheat, fuck you. you yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not Cody Rhodes. I'll fucking t- I'll go there. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah, I think, um, the, as I say, I think the, talk, the storytelling in this match was just top-notch. Really yeah, good. Like I said, you, you stick two great wrestling minds in the ring, give them, like, you know, 15 minutes and they come up with real good. We'd thought that uh, you know yeah. shocks should be a shock to nobody. Uh, moving on, we have um, Alex Marvez outside. He's been kicked out now after like being shit at interviews. Alex Marvez outside <laughs> interviewing the elite. Uh, so we got the elite and Don uh, Callis. Nick and Matt looking like mid nineties Shawn Michaels with <laughs> yeah. their fucking back caps and their earrings. <laughs> oh, Who'd have thought so it? They've stole everything else off Shawn Michaels. They might as well fucking steal his look from the nineties. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just a sort of basic heel promo. They're saying, yeah, wherever they go, gold's going to follow them. You know, they're all good. Um, I, I noticed. Um, am I reading too much into this? But like, whenever um, I think was it Don Callis? He said the word came, and then all of a sudden, Doc Callis started making like cum noises. Yeah, 
he started getting all jiggy. <laughs> Anderson started getting jiggy as well, but started to slowly put up his too sweet, which no one uh, done. No. <laughs> they're, they're, not, they're not a club anymore, they're a family. Yeah. You, no, to be fair, Nick and Ke- uh, not Kenny, Nick and Gallows both did. Did Nick do it? I didn't see Nick do it. Nick I did it Gallows like when, when he did it straight away, and Nick uh, just like giggled and did it. So it's um, a promo. Don Carlos is good at these promos, isn't he? He's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a really good, like detestable shit house that you hate. Yeah. yeah Swarmy, <laughs> slimy, all this and that. He's, he's like he's like Heyman, but where, whereas Heyman's kind of over now, so people will still cheer him. Yeah. Callus is a fucking slime ball, so people still boo him regardless. Yeah, right. So moving on from that, then we got a Thunder Rosa promo. Again, another really good one. So she sort of ties it all together, saying that, you know, um, she's coming for the, she wants both belts, basically. She's coming for the AW Women's Championship. So obviously, next week we have um, Ty Conti versus Karashida for the title. She said that no matter who wins, she's going to come after them and she's going to win that. She also has an unfinished business mm-hmm. with Serena Deeb. She wants the um, NWA Women's title back as well. So, yeah. Great stuff. It's the first time we've seen Rosa, I think, since the unsanctioned match. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's good, it's, good it's good to just bring it back. We've done a few bits on a dark and uh, elevation, I think. Yeah, it's good to just bring her back to the pitch here, put her back on TV, and sort of just uh, the, the, but, have, her, have her threat just sort of looming. You know, she just, whoever wins, she's just there waiting, basically. She's like the next boss, just sort of chilling out, which I'm, I'm kind of into. Uh, we stick with the women's division, and we have the returning Chris Stalander. Yeah. Just Statlander going up against Amber whatever Nova. name was. Amber Nova, that was it. Yeah, we, we have, for the first time since June last year, we get some actual boops. <laughs> Which... Yeah, I don't... Oh, I, I, love, I love Chuck Taylor's cell on it, where he, he just walked over and she did it. He just nodded his head and walked off. If I ever have to like do anything important to make like an important entrance, I want Chuck Taylor to copy <laughs> me, because it looks like the most fun. Chuck, Chuck Taylor is... So cool, I love them. Um, so is the Pixies song right the best friends song, or is it just Orange Cassidy's song, or is it Orange's and Statlander's song? It's uh, I think it's, it's best friends like, as a faction, yeah, as, as a faction. It's like Tony Khan paid a lot of money for it, so they can use it as much as they can. So, whichever four of them come out, that's the song that's getting used, basically. Yeah, which, I think think which, yeah, I think whichever I think, the best friends, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be like you say, I need to rather say it'll be interesting to see what Trent comes out to next week. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's fair. Yeah. I just. I think, I think they'll come out. I think they'll come out to where is my mind. It's it. It, it kind of. It does kind of fit. Yeah. Like, as much as I love best friends and music, it's just fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, all, all all they've got to do to that song is just walk out like Orange does, and just like do one pose at the top of their arm. Well, they do and, anyway, don't they? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm down with it. Um, so this is again this is another squash match um, Chris Statlander looks really good in this match her offense has improved an awful lot um, she hits a really tasty sort of like drive by kick in the corner um, you know a couple of big power moves she does like a, a sort of flipping leg yeah, standing fantastic power slam yeah she does like a standing it's flipping leg slam. drop and then she does like a twisting senton all from the floor all from the standing position um, yeah, I mean, Amino doesn't really get anything in this match, he just gets battered. And then Chris Statlander oh. wins with a move that they call the Supernova, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, is it not just yeah. the same as um, it was the Big Bang Theory, but I don't know if they've renamed it or if they just I don't know. Is it um, not maybe, just maybe. the same move as Trent? No, Trent's no. the other way around. 
So then, yeah. is it not just the same as Hangman's then? No, no Hangman's no, was, is the same was, as Trent. This was just a tombstone. There it was a package it. tombstone. So basically, the de- the difference between Trent and the Dead Eyes, sorry, is that um, I think Hangman has them on his shoulders, doesn't he? Yeah. Whereas oh, Trent okay. has it under his arms. Trent tucks it under. Oh, okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Yep, so a decent match. I think Chris, Chris Dattner looked really good. She's back, which is great. Um, hopefully, we see her tear through the women's division now on a, on a path towards a title match, which would be lovely. I never knew I missed Statlander as much as I did until this match. I know. it was. <laughs> I, I was really happy to see her like actually wrestling. Yeah. Because she, she, like, she is entertaining, and she, she seems to have um, like been tra- like training really hard to get back, like, her offense seemed a lot like more fast paced than yeah. it was. Yeah, but, like uh, still incorporating a lot of like the uh, like power moves that she's been doing. Yeah, and I think she's a really good fit for best friends as well. I think she fits in with that those characters really well. They're, yeah. they're all a bit they're all a bit weird, you know, and it's kind of like think it's cool with that. It's, it's fine. They just you know they just like hanging out and being weird together, which is sad. They, yeah, they're kind of like the um, like freaks and geeks, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, right. So next up, it's um, it's our regularly scheduled Tony Schiavone please interrupt me interview and this time it's Christian who's in the ring he's talking about how uh, Tony Khan's given him an open contract I think he's meant to sort of, he's sort of implying that there's an open challenge tonight and anyone can go out and wrestle him and but mm-hmm. you, you get like two sentences in and Team Taz roll out and so earlier on there was a quick Team Taz promo and he basically said um Ricky Starks and Brian Cage to sit out because they're going to come and get they asked Christian Cage last week to join them uh, they haven't had an answer yet Ricky Starks was incensed, and so he was like, "Ricky Starks has zero chill here." Yeah, he was like, "Ricky, you're too hot. Stay in the back. It's fine. We got this." And then Cage was like, "Yeah, Ricky, you're too hot." And he's like, "Actually, Cage, you can stay in the back as well." Me and me, Hobbs Ricky, and Hook all sort this out. Ricky's face, um, Ricky's face when when it uh, sad Cage this day was fantastic. He just <laughs> he just had like a proper shit-eating grin on his face. He was like, "Oh, you piece of shit." So it. so Team Taz come out to get an answer. So Team Taz in this instance being Taz himself. Um, Hook and Hobbs. So Taz asks, and, and I loved the little back and forth between Christian and Taz and this. I thought, you know, you can tell these are guys who've known each other for a long time and they've got a really good rapport and they, they really know how to like work off each other. Um, so Taz cuts a promo saying, you know, what, what's your answer? We've been waiting, you know, we've been a week. And um, Christian was basically, yeah, well, you, you said it yourself, mate. Team Taz is a dumpster fire. I don't want to join that shit. So no. Yeah. Uh, basically, Taz after that goes, well, I don't like Christian or his stupid buddy who carried his ass. Yeah. Oh. I don't know who you're talking about. I love him that uh, Christian as well like made Taz genuinely annoyed because he brought up his height. Yeah. yeah. He, he, said he, was, he, he said he was something about he was on three. He was three steps higher. Like, I'm glad you're standing three steps above me so I can say this to your face. And then Taz said if he, if he was standing on his waddle, he'd be ten foot taller than him. Yeah. Which, <laughs> and then. Christian goes, what with your bingo home money? And then Taz just goes, I- I've got other money. <laughs> what? Home money? <laughs> what did he call him? He called him, he, he, he did a swear at him. What did he call him? A shitbag. Um, a shitbag. Yeah, Taz like, yeah, Christian, you're a shitbag. And it was just like, whoa, whoa. He asked, he asked Tony Khan, especially if he could have the one swear on the show this week. Um, <laughs> And then he goes to carry on, and Hobbs is just like, I love this Hobbs. So Hobbs just like puts his hand on the mic and was like, as Taz is talking, he just like lowers the mic. And he's just like, oh no, now it's time for violence. 
basically. So Hobbs just make very methodically makes his way to the ring, like eyes fixed on Christian. This is really cool. Christian's like selling it, like like what the fuck's this out there? Like what's he doing? Stepping up to me, and then um they have like a bit of a back and forth. Christian looks to lock in the kill switch. Hook sort of like sort of gets up on the um, apron and sort of distracts him, and then Hobbs just wails on him basically and just beats the ever living piss out of him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hobbs whilst he tries to kill um, Christian. Uh, he tries to briefly psych someone out in the crowd. They don't budge. They just stay right there. Wasn't it there. Fuego? K- kills it a bit, but... <laughs> was it, yeah, wasn't it Fuego as well? Uh, it was Fuego and someone else as well, the two of them, because he was beside someone. I couldn't tell you who it was, though. So yeah, Good job, Jim Cornet wasn't there. He would have slapped them around. So yeah, he throws Christian into like the stage and then it ends with him like sort of smashing him onto the steel steps, like standing on his head basically. Um, and so it's been announced that next week we're getting Christian versus Will Hobbs, which is great. Bring it on. Um, we're also getting, for, for reasons, but I'm really happy, we're getting um, Trent versus Ricky Starks. Yeah, it's Trent versus Penta. Oh, Trent versus Penta, sorry. Stark versus Hangman, sorry. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Starks versus <laughs> Hangman because they're both on winning streaks, they said. Right, okay. So it's it said it said um like Hangman's gone eleven matches undefeated and Starks has gone um ten matches undefeated. Ooh, streak versus streak, love it. Bring it Is off. it gonna be Ricky Starks wins and they start putting all the belts on Ricky Starks? <laughs> <laughs> just give him give him that give him that fucking gimmick that Kenny thinks he's got being a belt just, collector. Just Ricky keep... Starks takes Kenny's belt, then he replaces Kenny at uh, Rebellion. And Jay just running around, running around, running around, getting Jay running around with his top off forever. <laughs> Ricky Starks wins the um, the tag team titles on his own. <laughs> so yeah, looking, match so yeah, the young bucks. looking forward to next week. There's some good matches there. Um, really excited There's for one more we've left out as well. Yeah, the promo. Yeah, mm. uh, it was only a promo, like, like 30 seconds of Conti and Sheeta saying mm. they were going to have a go at each other, basically. And that's yeah. the match announced for next week as well. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, they can't wait. They, I love, I love this. The building, a sort of like mutual respect. Like they both can't wait to fight each other, so they can sort of test each other and how good they are. You know, which is it seems. I think that match is going to be insanely good as well. Yeah, that's going to bang. Yeah, the fuck, it's going to be great. Um, right, so on to the main event. We've got um, an, an false count anywhere match between Darby and Matt Hardy for the TNT title. And yeah. Um, this match. Because it's a street fight, Darby comes out wearing cargo pants. Yeah, you can, you can tell it's serious because Darby's not got his little, his little I, jackings on. Yeah, I really <laughs> want him to kind of keep that look. He yeah, looks really cool. It looked, it looked nice. It, yeah. it, it distracted. It didn't like. It, it sort of made you not think about his little chicken legs. Mm. No, but even, so to be fair, but... even when he's wearing like skinny jeans, like he did in the um, the cinematic match, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you, you can tell this is a, a no a no holds bar match because it literally starts with chair shots and carries on pretty much like that for the entire way entire way through. Yeah, that yeah. was hor- there was a horrible spot where Darby go like it was pretty much from the get go. Darby goes for like a springboard cotton drop, and Matt Hardy just like swatted them out the air with the chair. Yeah, literally just lobs the chair out his back. Dirty <laughs> yeah, there was a moment where like Darby took like a bump onto like a trash can, but the can sort of, like bent to a point. And he landed like on the point, and it was like, "Oh no, that ain't good." So yeah, don't don't, yeah, don't, like, don't, back, like... don't like that. All the chair shots and using that trash can there gave him like massive welts on the back as well. Yeah, oh yeah, like, Darby's, Darby's like Darby's not got a top off of this either. He's just like, 
he's just in his, he's, he's just in his, he's just in his, in his, he's just top off, like, and he's just taking all these shots, like, bare skin, because he's a mad bastard. Um, so, a little way into the match, we get, obviously, the, the Hardy family come out, so we get, um, Private Party, the Bushman's Blade, the Bunny, they spell out, and they sort of, they sort of start, like, taking the, the arena apart, putting the steps out to sort of, you know, put Darby through them. Dark Order come out to make the save. <laughs> Hilariously, Tony Schiavone is talking about something, and then Sting appears, and he interrupts himself to shout, it's Sting. <laughs> yeah. Um. A, a, a note. Quick note on um on the fa- uh, on private party as well. Friend of the podcast, Phil Lindsay's tweet went viral about that today, where he said Isaiah Cassidy was dressed like Vince when he was DCW champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing when I saw. It. I was like, oh my god, that's fucking funny. Dreadful. You used to mention the ECW championship. But this this felt like an, an old ECW match where like they they basically it, had two oh. guys fighting, and then all of a sudden all these other factions come in who've got these these like conflicting beefs so all of a sudden you've got the Hardy family come out and you've got the Dark Order come out and they're having a fight like Stu Grayson just like fucking annihilates the butcher and then the blade just I, batters five I love the fact that on, on on being the elite this week Stu Grayson was talking about how he wants to fight the butcher and the first <laughs> thing he did was go straight after the butcher <laughs> yeah <laughs> continuity it's important um, so then Sting, Sting comes out and then all of a sudden Lance Arch is there but then he's not really going for Sting. He's just like he's like Sting's his like real dad, and he's trying to like impress him. Yeah, and Sting, point... Sting was about to hit like a double Scorpion death drop on the private party, wasn't he? Yeah, and then yeah. Lance came out. Sting dropped them. They had like a stare down, and then Lance hit blackouts on both of them. Yeah, we, we should know at this point when Archer's coming out. Uh, Darby's like just yeeted himself over the steps and head first into the or back first into the barricade because he flips over. And that's where yeah. Darby is, whilst Matt's just trying to get to him because he's just went flying across. <laughs> Commentary by play off is, oh, his head hit the steps and you've done a full rotation. It's like, no, <laughs> no, he went flying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, as, as like, so the, the, these guys, so the, the two factions just kind of brawl out and they sort of like disperse. And then we end up with um, Matt and Darby go backstage into like the gorilla area. Um, Tony Khan's there with BJ Whitmer and they, they sort of fight there. Matt puts Darby on a table, hits a leg drop of a ladder through the table for a two count. Then they back out onto the stage. Matt hits a twist of fate with Darby's neck in a chair and that's a two count. I, yeah. I love though, like if it was anybody else, I'd kind of been annoyed about it because like Darby's like never thing is that he can inflict so much punishment on him he'll still get up and fight yeah like Darby's whole thing is he just takes pain and just carries on um, yeah. so Darby kicks out and then it sort of spins around Darby gets the bat he smacks Matt all over with the bat it's a Sting's bat it's sort of it's been discarded at ringside he hits Matt all over the bat chokes him out with it puts him on the announce table so this is the long teased announce table spot they've been doing it for like three four weeks now they've been prepping it he, first of all he takes the bat and he just clears the announce table he's like Teeing off on the monitors. KR went mental, didn't he? <laughs> well, me, like, what's me this and, guy's problem? Me and Tasty over the past like three weeks or two weeks have been mentioning like, oh, we've never actually had a commentary table spot yet. They've teased um, it. Like, they, 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 they teased it last week with uh, with Ali, and like, they've sort of like made they've got closer and closer every week with like Matt and the Dark Order having these like big brawls. Yeah, the closest so, yeah. we've got was when MJF speared Jericho through like the the back set, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so he, he sort of chokes Matt out, puts him on the um, puts him on the announce table, and then he just disappears. And like all the commentators are all like, "Oh, where's Darby Allen gone?" And all of a sudden, he's he's behind them. He's climbed like fifteen feet up on a truss. 
And yeah, he just coffin drops, must be 20 feet off the truss through the table onto Matt. Yes. Uh, and that's that's the finish. And Derby, Derby retains. Uh, I have to say, oh. Derby's obviously, so Derby's, as you mentioned earlier, Jay, Derby's whole like shtick is that he just gets, he, he can take a lot of punishment and he just gets beat up a lot and he, he carries on and that's fine. This is the first time I think we saw like really angry Derby, like aggressive Derby. Yeah. I, I thought, mm, I don't know, I see the Sammy Guevara feud. Yeah, when he was just when he was just taking towards the end when he was just taking the baseball bat to like a forty-plus-year-old man who was like yeah. helpless and defenseless, and he was just wailing on him. I was like, oh, this is this is like scary, Darby. Almost like we're, we're getting into like yeah. here. The twenty-eight-year-old yeah. man who was fighting a guy that had twenty years experience <laughs> with what Jr. said on commentary. It was like, oh, that was nice. a really good line. Though. Yeah. Nice touch, like that. Yeah, yeah. I I thought this um like this side of Derby when when he does get like really all right, fuck you, I'm going to try and kill you by killing myself. In the process, is very cool. Um, hopefully, like we see a few a bit more of that. I know they've been teasing, haven't they? They're going to do Derby and Ethan Page at some point. Yeah, and him him and. Darby and Ethan Page had like a blood feud on the Indies, so and I don't think the Scorpio Sky thing is fully done either. To be fair, mm, well, um, during the match, Page and Scorpio both tried to get involved in the an attack yeah. sting, and then Archer ch- chased them off, um, which was weird. That felt kind of out of place. Not not I, from last week of Archer, like when Sting agreed with him. I don't think it did. No, no, I mean, I mean those two being there. Oh, those to be yeah. yeah they're, okay. just, they're just they're just trying to make they're trying to make things happen for themselves. Aren't they? They're just trying to make a name for themselves. They just want to be a, yeah. they want to be undeniable, yeah. un, 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 unignorable. I believe. Um, I mean, I feel like they've really dropped the ball on Ethan Page already. I mean, they've dropped the ball, but what's where's the space to put him anywhere at the moment? Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of plate spinning, and they are he is bubbling along. He's you know he's appearing, he's doing things. He's, he's doing stuff on dark. Um. As well, isn't he? And they, it just it just feels weird that like they literally had them do one match and then all of a sudden put them in a tag team with Scorpio Sky. It's like Scorpio Sky left like kind of distanced himself from STU STU to be away from being in a tag team. Yeah, Ethan no. Page left Impact to not be in a tag team. But they're not like a they're not like a prop. Like I'm saying, not prop. They haven't got a name. They haven't they're not like a name tag team. They're just like two guys who are like working together. You know, they're not like they're not like two private party guys. Yeah, they're not like they're not like an official team, like private party or you know the young books or anything like that. They are not literally time, two, yeah, but they're just two dudes and like they're probably just furthering each other's advantage. You know, each other's cause. Two dudes with bad attitudes, exactly. <laughs> uh, right, do you want matter, to tr- matter of time till they call them North and South because. Ethan Page is <laughs> in the north, and um, <laughs> and Scorpio skies and SoCal, SoCal, Um Right, before we get to that, should we do our ups and downs for the week, then, gentlemen? Um, first of all, up yeah. does, does anybody not have the um, the opening match? Is there? A... <laughs> no, I, I, I fully that. agree with that. Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I think yeah. I, I think that should have probably closed the show as well. To be fair, but then. The Derby, Derby Hardy match was like a really cool, like closing shot of Derby just like diving through the announce table. And it was a nice. It's always nice to finish with like a big chaotic brawl, and it gets everyone out. And you know, it's yeah, it, it feels like a, it feels like I, it feels like the tension's building all throughout the show, and then it just like all pops off, you know. And it's like, yeah, I like the fact that for the last couple of weeks, other than 
like if there's nothing really else going on in the main events, they've had Derby defending the title in the main events. It kind of it's it's how I'd kind of portray the TNT title. Like it's on TNT. It should be main event in the TNT show. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd fully agree that the Bucks versus Death Triangle. Open. Does anybody have any lows? I have Corners, the babes. Um, just um, Christian's story for me is just is I'm having issues with feeling for Christian in AEW just now. And I'm still not getting it. So I just need more from Christian. Well, would the blue Obviously, dot over his face make up. you happier about him? What? Would the blue dot over his face make you him appeal to you more? Yeah, do, do that or put a gold suit on him. That'll do. <laughs> uh, any any lows, Jay? Um, the only thing really is something that I, I always kind of get a bit annoyed about with AEW which is there's too much like outside involvement in matches sometimes like the the Derby and Hardy match there was that much outside involvement that it was almost like that was more important than the match at times um, like when they were showing like the Dark Order just beating the shit out of the Butcher and like chasing Butcher and the Blade out and Sting stalking the private party um, and obviously with like Jericho and Dax they used it quite sparingly and quite well but yeah, just just a, a lot of a lot of outside interference that we didn't really need in the main events. I mean, it wasn't like a false kind of match. It was like literally no DQ. Yeah. Oh no, I know, but that's that's what I mean. Like I, from, from like a from, from 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 a Matt Hardy perspective, if you don't have like the Hardy family interfering, then what's the point of having the match? Yeah, but I at mean, the same yeah, time, yeah, you would have just got Hardy swinging shit. But at, at the same time, <laughs> he could have. They could have either done that before the match or they could have done it later on in the match. Because if it felt a little bit disjointed where they had like in the middle just all this all these people brawling. I quite, I quite liked I quite liked it. It was like a little intermission. So you had like you 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 had like your three phases of the match. So you had like the sort of the slower, sort of like more methodical, as you can call multiple chair shots methodical, like opener. Then you had like the mad brawl in the middle where everyone everyone got involved and then they all like dispersed. And then you had like the end where like fuck stopped being given and like it was just pain time. I do yeah. partially agree with the whole it took it a bit off too much of the actual match. Like she didn't see Matt and Darby for a while whilst all that was kicking ass. Mm. Like, and then obviously you had Archer. Can we also consider that it might have just been to give Matt Hardy a bit of a breather because he is pushing 50. <laughs> ah, yeah, it could have been that. But... Well, that too, yeah. Okay, fair play. <laughs> um, I don't think I have any flows for this dynamite. I think it was. Oof, I mean, I'm going to make a bold shout here. I think, I think Brody Lee tribute aside, I think this is the best dynamite I can remember. Really? So the, the one thing I really liked about it, and I, the one thing I really liked about it is it almost felt like I had a three act structure. So you had like the show was anchored by like three big matches, wasn't it? It was like. Um, Tag title match, the Jericho Dax match, and then the, the main event. They were like they were the, the only three matches that went over ten minutes on the show. But they went like yeah. fifteen plus minutes each, and they were like your anchors. They were like your, your starter, your middle, and your ending. And then in the, in between, you're sort of like sprinkled in like your squash matches and like your promos. And I think that is for me that is like the perfect way to present two hours of wrestling. It's like three yeah. big bites of wrestling, three big huge portions of wrestling, and then in the middle all these little like 
little spits of seasoning that's coming on them. Nothing, to, nothing, nothing in between the big matches as long to take you to like make you get bored of it. It just sort of gets on the TV and then it gets off, and then before you know it, you you you're building up to the next big match, and then they sp- all through that they spun like the narrative of the young books. So it started with the young books with the promo, then they had they were in the match, then you had the elite promo later, and they were sort of that whole and then everything sort of all the matches were referenced in the promos, and I, I just think it, it worked really well. I, th- I think it was a very well put together episode of Dynamite. Um, Fundamentally, incredibly sound. Three excellent matches. Everything else worked along with supplementary to that to, to sort of entertain you. And I thought, yeah, I thought this was for me personally. This was my preferred way of, of watching two hours of wrestling. Yeah, that's fair. I, I agree with the structure. I think the structure of it was really good. Like, well, that's how they do it most weeks. To be honest, is the start, middle, and end. But it's nothing. The start, middle, and end is always a big point, isn't it? Yeah, like you. Usually, the middle was for Cody. It used to be when he was on the show. But I say that like he's been gone forever. But... <laughs> He'll fucking act like it when he comes back, mate. Don't worry about that. Uh... <laughs> Maybe it's going to take him being away to make me finally turn on Cody and be like, actually, we don't need him. Remember, remember when uh, he took him? He took a month off last year, and then he fucking came back like he'd been gone for a year. <laughs> It was sure Michael's coming back. It's great. Um, yeah, so there we go. That is going to do it for our review of a, well, in my opinion, a very good episode of Dynamite. I don't think we had too many complaints about it good. as a whole. Um, yeah, excellent. Well, we will, we, we, as I say, we're on the um, we're on the road to both Blood and Guts and Double or Nothing now, so we'll see where they what they build uh, in the coming weeks. Um, James, would you like to tell us, all the lovely people listening, where they can catch us on the social medias, please? Yes, boy. Um, you can get us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Uh, over on Discord, Twitter, and Twitch, Untitled Rest Pod. Uh, please do give us a follow, subscribe, whatever else you want on there. Uh, you, we use Discord to kind of like constantly chat about all kinds, not just wrestling. Um, we talk about beer on there. We talk about video games. Talk about uh, comics, all kinds. Yeah, we got we got we got quite a few like small streamers on there as well. So we do a lot. Of, they, we we met some really cool people, and they do like some some really interesting small streams. We had a member who was playing uh, golf with their friends against Dom Jolly last week, which was quite quite fun. Yes, um, yeah, and we use that as a way to kind of um, get people involved in our game and um, streams we do on a Saturday night, where you can take part with us. Um, just don't pick pink. Aaron will spit his dummy out. Um, sorry, mate. Uh, and yeah, obviously, um, give us a subscribe and a follow on all that. All that, as I said. Yeah, and Aaron, would you like to tell people where they can get some delicious beard products, please, mate? Um, you can go to thatchface.com and you can get beard grooming products such as oils and creams and combs and brushes. You can also get merch from them t shirts, hats. Uh, I think masks as well. Uh, if once you've put your basket in, you type in Troy XL85 in the promo code, get 20% off, and some of the proceeds do go to charities towards testicular cancer for me. Hey, just, there you I, go. I, that, that is Troy XL85 for those of you who don't speak fast Scottish. 
Um, <laughs> Sorry, <mate>. <laughs> <laughs> so do please use that get yourself 20% off and it all helps a good cause as well uh, last li- little plug before we leave you um, if you would like to buy some wrestling themed beer my company Topper of Brewing or we stand ready and willing we are topperofbrewing.com for the online shop and you can order all of our delicious beers over there we will ship them direct to your door uh, so thank you very much for joining us everyone please have a lovely week stay safe enjoy wrestling and we will see you again very soon goodbye bye I'm not going to work the day Hulk Hogan dies. I'm honouring him by refusing to do a job.